98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister and Mitch Burrell is hanging out on Arizona Sports Saturday. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We're particularly excited because baseball is back after the two sides came to an agreement this week and things are full steam ahead, which means that teams are going to have to figure out free agency just started again. Players are signing places. We've got trades going on and we need to catch up. Uh, with someone who knows the insides and outs of it. And fortunately, we have Mike Farron on the line with us, MLB MLB Network radio host. Mike, it's good to talk to you. I'll bet you are excited as anybody to have baseball back because there was nothing to talk about for three months. I am really tired of doing (laughs) Mount Rushmore's for teams and discussing collective bargaining and talking about Don Ballot Hall of Fame candidates. So, yeah, I'm thrilled. We spent an entire day yesterday, I mean, going over like some of the things we liked in the new CBA, but for the most part, talking about, okay, what's going to happen on this crazy, um, you know, free agent trade market over the next couple of weeks and how teams are going to get ready for the season. So, I am absolutely thrilled that after the last two years and almost to like the two year anniversary right of everything shutting down right that we're through this and it just feels like it feels like we've reached the light at the end of the tunnel i knock on wood i couldn't agree with you more mitch and i kind of agreed before we got on the air that we we didn't want to talk about the particulars of the cba too much because nope. it's a lot of you know billionaires versus millionaires versus a lot of salary stuff but the one versus godzilla uh, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i saw that movie it was pretty good a little long um but we did want to talk about this their one rule change that seems significant, especially here in Arizona for the Diamondbacks, is that there will be a universal designated hitter. I wanted to ask you, especially with your experience within the organization as a former broadcaster for the uh, for the team, what should the Diamondbacks be looking to do and what should NL teams be considering right now because there's 15 teams who just got a DH? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really fun question to entertain. I mean, I think the thing to start with is that for the vast majority of teams, they have treated the designated hitter as a revolving door position uh, more recently, in the last decade or so, where it's a chance to kind of get a day of rest for guys um, and to be able to slot someone in there, um, you know, to to still get them four plate appearances, keep them in the lineup, but get them off their feet for most of the day. So I think that for the most part, the teams that aren't going to be playing on the couple of free agent DHs that are out there in Jorge Soler and Nelson Cruz, that that's probably the way that they're going to do it. I mean, it might might increase the ability of a team to sign someone who might be a below-average defender at a position so that they can use the defense a little bit more. Or if you're concerned about injuries with guys, especially lower-half injuries, being able to do that. But I don't know that it's going to all of a sudden end up creating, you know, 15 more jobs that are just DH only because that's not the trend that we've seen. So, you know, maybe we get close to half the teams that have a full time or, you know, somebody who has 350, 400 plate appearances in the DH role. Mm -hmm. I think that's possible. But I think for the most part, it's going to be teams that are flexible with it. And to the Diamondbacks specifically, I mean, they have actually, I think, a pretty good candidate to get. A fair amount of plate appearances there, and Seth Beer. Beer has worked really hard to 
and get to where he is defensively now, but he's still a below-average defender at first. And what little we saw of him at the big league level certainly looked like a pretty good hitter. Um, and I think that there's there's some variability in terms of what his ceiling ends up being offensively, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that gets a, a, you know, a large number of plate appearances for them over the course of this year. So you mentioned Seth Beer specifically to the Diamondbacks and sticking specifically with the Diamondbacks. You've obviously known a lot about some of their stars in the minor leagues like Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas. Mm-hmm. What are the chances that they decide to like stay within the roster and stay internal as opposed to going out and maybe getting a veteran like an Albert Pujols type or like you mentioned with Nelson Cruz? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Nelson Cruz is going to be on their radar. I mean, listen, I think you have to look at where they are in the competition cycle, right? I don't think they're as bad a team as the 110 losses showed last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really were thin. You know, the, the payroll got pared back, and as a result, they weren't deep. And that's what ended up hurting them. And when you lose five members of your starting lineup, and you're not the deepest team to begin with, mm-hmm. and then as soon as you get those guys back, you have four starters that go on the IL, it's going to be a pretty good recipe for a rough stretch. Now, I don't think anybody could have anticipated eight and 50 over that stretch but you know that's basically what happened to them so i don't see them playing in that market i'm not sure that Pujols is a fit unless you feel like hey you know maybe we can get some more butts in the seats as he makes a run at 700 home runs Mm -hmm. but you know he's he's been okay against left-handed pitching and he certainly is still great with men on baits but that's more of a a part-time spot and the diamondbacks have a lot of guys that kind of fit that first base dh corner outfield role you know, I don't think they're going to roll with Corbin Carroll at some point this year. I mean, he had, what, a week's worth of games in high A last year before the shoulder surgery ended his year. But I think Alec Thomas is going to be a part of the, the mix. I think they're pretty left-handed in the outfield right now. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they traded for Jordan Luplo right before the lockout mm-hmm. um, is to try and alleviate some of that. But I think what you're going to see for the most part is you know, internal players getting an opportunity and maybe an external addition at third base or maybe another right-handed hitting outfielder and some relief help to, for, so that they're not... You know, they're not trying to lose, and then they weren't trying to lose last year ever either. That just goes against the absolute fabric of this front office. But I think what they'll do is that they'll try and be more, you know, a little judicious in the players that they add in an effort to be certainly better than they were last year, which, which shouldn't be hard because I think they're a way more talented team than 110 losses. We're talking with Mike Farron. He is MLB Network radio host and also a Valley resident. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on this. The big rumor appears to be that Freddie Freeman, an MVP and just won a World Series ring, it appears he could be a Dodger. You've got to be kidding. Is me. that fair? How does the universe work, Mike? Well, the universe is out to get you. And so that's the first thing that you need to know. Um, you know, listen, I think the Freeman market is really interesting. And what the Dodgers have been willing to do in free agency is, um, you know, add impact players. And he certainly fits the mold of an impact offensive player. They have enough roster flexibility between Muncie's ability to play second, now with the DH role being available, with Lux's ability to play the outfield, that they can move guys around and fit Freeman into that lineup. So um, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it certainly seems like, at least if, if you believe the reports from John Paul Morosi yesterday, which I do, because I did GP and he's mm-hmm. pretty credible on such things, that that's going to come to a head soon. Um, 
Um, but the question is whether or not Atlanta is going to go to the sixth year, which they haven't to this point. And, um, you know, quite frankly, I'm not sure that, that they will just based on the way that their negotiations went a couple of years ago with Josh Donaldson, where it was very, very quiet from them. They tend to be more aggressive in their moves and a little more, more, uh, silent in it. So I'm, I'm not sure that Freeman necessarily goes back to Atlanta. I'd be surprised if Toronto weren't still involved. They really need a left-handed bat and what's already a really fun lineup. Mm-hmm. But it certainly seems like the Dodgers are a real possibility and it's going to make a, an already good lineup better. It, it won't help their pitching staff, which they still need a little bit of depth there. But it, listen, the Dodgers are still really, really good. Exactly. And looking at some of the other top free agents, we just talked about Freeman, but Carlos Correa, Trevor mm-hmm. Story, Nick Castellanos, Chris Bryant, and even with the extra DHs in the National League, Kyle Schwarber is a very intriguing option. I want to focus more so on the shortstops because it was very deep at the beginning and before the lockout. We saw Seager got signed, Semyon got Mm -hmm. signed. But where are these other guys going to end up? Who are the teams that are in desperate need of that middle infield help and these very young, talented shortstops? Yeah, I think, I think, and, and especially now that you've seen in the last two days what the Cubs signed Andrelton Simmons and, and, uh, the twins today trading for Isaiah Connor Falefa from the, the Rangers. Yeah. You know, it may take them out of the mix. Not that I think that the twins were going to be heavy on either of those guys or really that the Cubs were either. I mean, they just let their, basically their entire roster go of guys who were similar ages to Correa. I was really, I've been very skeptical of the, yeah, well, they're interested in him. I'm sure if he, you know, came on a short-term deal that would work, but that's not going to happen. No. So, um, you know, you're going to hear the usual suspects with it. I mean, I think Houston is a place that, that Correa certainly could go back to. Um, they need a shortstop, so I think you could link both guys there. Um, I still think there's a chance for Correa to go to Detroit. Obviously, he has a great relationship with A.J. Hinch, their manager there. They had made him a reported 10-year, $275 million option before offer before the, the lockout happened with three different opt-outs in it, and I'm sure that there's probably Probably a chance that it goes there, although his number is going to be closer to, to Corey Seager. And the other one to watch, I guess, is probably the Yankees in this. But I will say this, that the Yankees, as much as everybody keeps trying to link them to the elite level of free agents, they haven't really jumped in on that yet. And I had heard that they, they were... Um, not really keeping tabs on the Korea market ahead of the lockout. You know, I think it's more, much more likely that they look for a defense first, shorter term option. I actually think Nick Ahmed would be an interesting name for the Yankees hmm. to consider because they really need help with their defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if with, you know, Perdomo coming, although I'm not quite sure that he's ready for the big leagues, if that's something that, that would be considered. Um, but, and obviously Ahmed has a ton of value to the Diamondbacks as, you know, with a great defender. Absolutely. That he is, um, but so they, that's that's kind of where I think they're more likely to go um, because they they just have not seemed to be quite as engaged in that part of the market. But um, you know, Correa is going to get paid. Story, whoever gets Story is going to get a really good player. I mean, I know that that you can look at his splits and say, well, he's so much better in Colorado and uh, than he is on the road. Well, one, almost every hitter across baseball history is better at home, right? And Mike Petriello from MLB.com about six or seven years ago did just some great research on this showing that hitters who leave 
Colorado actually see a huge boost in their road numbers. It's really difficult to go on the road from Colorado because everything looks different um, at sea level than it does coming at you at 5,200 right. feet. Right. So, so the, it's a really interesting. And Mitch, you should know that. I mean, you you were you know in Grand Junction right for a while. I've, so I've been fighting against the whole Coors Field effect my entire life, Mike. It's driving me crazy. It's driving me <laughs> so, crazy. So I mean, that's a really really good player that somebody's going to get a great great defender and uh, great offensive shortstop. Well, Mike, it's great to catch up with you. We were worried about you over the last couple months <laughs> that you were twiddling your thumbs, but clearly you stayed busy with your Mount Rushmores. <laughs> yeah. so. I just, uh, you know, I'm an expert twiddler. Yeah. <laughs> Those thumbs go to work. Mike, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. No problem, guys. Take it easy. Our Mike. expert twiddler, Mike Farron, <laughs> joining us on the 72 Sports Line. That's his new name, expert twiddler. I like that. Oh, man. It's so good to be, we're actually talking about like players going to teams and trades are happening and free agency. It's it so great. If, I, uh, I, because I, this is what should have been happening the last three months. I literally tweeted yesterday, like, baseball free agency is happening and I couldn't be happier. It's great. It's awesome.